0: And hello everybody, I hope you're all having a fantastic Tuesday, as always, landing right here with HowChurch.net, media director of HowChurch.net, and of course, like every Tuesday, joined here across the table for another session of How Table Talk with Pastor K.D. Pastor, I appreciate you taking some time out of your very busy schedule, always great to just hang out, especially in a setting like this, so thank you, sir, for showing back up, round three.
1: How's everything going this week? Everything's going just wonderful. The wife's happy. That's all that matters, right? That's the crucial, <laughs> crucial key to success <laughs>
0: there. And I'm not even married, and I know that. <laughs> yeah, You know, That's yeah. good that so you know that now. Yep, yep notes have been taken. <laughs> so. yeah. Anyways, folks, I thank you all for <laughs> tuning in. Thank you all for giving us all those views we've been racking up. But, of course, we're not just in it for the views. We're not just trying to go viral here. We're just... We're just trying to put on a nice little podcast and also do something for the Lord at the same time. Just, you know, have some nice intellectual conversations that pertain to things in the Bible and things in everyday life. It's practical stuff here, very, very practical things you can use. So, Brother Keith, in the past we have talked, in the past two episodes, we talked about adding value to yourself as an employee or employer then last week we talked about navigating the back roads of life when we have to go to jobs or positions that we don't necessarily think add up to where God yeah. wants us to be. This week I think we'll, uh, we'll kind of shift setting. Instead of talking about things that specifically pertain to the workplace or anything, how about we talk about the, the church body? and the, the organization of the church. And folks, let me clarify uh, that, you know, if you go to church, that's one thing, and that's great. I mean, I mean, there's plenty of people that just go to church to worship once a week, and it's between them and God, and they mean it, and that's fine. But it's different to actually be part of the church. Actually, you know, not just be a friendly face that pops in, but help out with a ministry or... Just, you know, maybe get on an email list. Just just be, be a part of that team, you know. And so um, there's there's some things to know and some things to expect going into that. And, uh, you know, I don't know it all, but this guy has been doing this a long time, haven't you, Brother Keith? Yeah, um, a few days. A few days. Well, I know? still don't know it all. Don't know it all, but he knows <laughs> 100% more than me. So there we go. Yeah. All right. So I want to hop into this with the with the first thing, kind of the elephant in the room here. Um, a lot of people that aren't involved with the church and just go to church, they all, let's go ahead and get this out of the way now. Everybody always has their own little different opinion and theory of what really happens with tithing. You know, the Bible says we should tithe. Jesus himself rendereth unto Caesar and then rendereth unto God what is God's. So Jesus Christ himself said, pay your taxes and tithe. And so we give 10% of what we make every week. That's what you're supposed to do but a lot of people and i'm sure there's plenty of churches out there that have done something wrong, you know, and not, and immoral, but everybody thinks oh well, with all that money's going in the preacher's pocket. Or uh, yeah, i know what they're doing with the money. They're putting in a new uh, you know, a new parking lot that they don't need instead of helping the community and all this and that and you know. So everybody. So what i wanted to, you know, just kind of clear the air here, why don't you tell everybody the reality, what really happens with tithes, and the kind of the process of, of how that money is handled. Not necessarily specific to how, but but how, yeah. how that works yeah. out.
1: Well, right. let me first of all say this is not a hint to any of the members in How Church. Our people are the most selfless people I think I've ever pastored in 31 years. <clears throat> the motive of us being here today is not to get all the wrongs right, It's not to talk about how great how is and how other churches need to get better. Uh, When you just start talking about some of these real topics, um, people begin to think, well, they must be having problems at church or they're hinting to their church. No, I just preach. And I preach the unadulterated Word of God, and I get real honest with our people, and I'm really proud of our people here. I just want to just go to a commercial and brag on how just a little bit. I don't know too many people who could handle the speaking the truth in love as these do here. And especially, you know, springboarding in our conversation about money and tithes. Uh, People handle it different. But let me explain what a tithe is. A tithe is something that you honor God with in Malachi, it says, chapter 3. And it's the only thing that God says you can try him about. When God says, test me and tried me he's given us an opportunity to really grow and to express and stretch if you will our faith and so when you talk about the tithe it's really about the church but it's not it's about a personal relationship that you have with God saying God I'm going to trust you with my future over these few dead presidents that are in my pocket." Because, you see, naked you came into this world, and guess how you're going to leave? You're going to leave naked. They're going to put a little suit on you, a half suit anyway, if you're a woman, a dress. And uh, when they bury you, you take nothing with you. I've been doing this a while. I've never seen a U-Haul behind a hearse yet. But a tithe is something that is sacred to God. It's showing you more than God. God already knows our heart. It's showing you really where your love is do you love what god's blessed you with more than the blesser so you get the blessings of god on your life i get the blessings of god on my life when we give and then we come corporately together as a body and we have the blessings of god on the church if you want to use that terminology and now it's about god being able to bless us and uh so a tithe is 10 percent it's not 10% after you pay your truck, your boat note, your lease, your shopping sprees, your vacation. Then you go, well, I got $50. I need to give God five. Wait a minute. I got tax. I got to pay off of that 50. So here God, so you don't tip. You tithe. You don't give them what's left. You give them what's right. And Proverbs chapter 3 says the first fruits. So if you make $500, I believe you ought to give, listen, at least 50. Now, that's an offering. That's a tithe. But an offering is totally different. That's what you give above and beyond. And so people have different theories and different opinions about what ties are. And thank God we have a book that regulates that. And so, yes, we take that money that people are giving to God, not to the pastor, not to the church. That's just the place that you bring it. And as a matter of fact, if you are a member of a church, you ought to bring it to the place that you get fed. I don't go order. I don't pull up to McDonald's and say, can I have a number one? And then they give it to me. And then I go pay Burger King. That's just crazy. I might like Burger King, the people in Burger King. But McDonald's is the one that gave me my meal. And so there's so many things that we could talk about. We can't clarify every statement. We'd be here all day talking and trying to show through Scripture exactly. But but a tithe is nothing more than saying, God, I'm trusting you uh, with my future. I'm putting my faith in you knowing that you can handle whatever. And here's the cool thing. He says, and see if I don't open the windows, not window, but windows of heaven, and pour out a blessing that you cannot even receive. Now, I don't know why he gives us something. And then he says, just you keep 90 and give me 10 and then give me a little offering. I just want to see where you are if you love me more than it. And then turns around and blesses us for something he's already given us. But that's the kind of God that we serve.
0: Absolutely. Now, I mean, when you look at it that way, it it makes a lot more sense uh, for for some people. But, uh, yeah, you know, just just to kind of put a lid on that, a quick quote that I've heard <coughs> from a from a past pastor I had uh, not too long ago, uh, Miss I see what was the last name um, Cooper, Miss Joanne Reverend Joanne Cooper. She said uh, she said you are not giving to the church, you're giving through the church. I like this. So you know everyone you know always saying, oh well we're just helping keep the light bell on. Well maybe yeah. maybe some of that money maybe because I mean at the end of the day CLECO doesn't care if you're a church or not. But no, I mean, all the missions work, all the stuff, and, you, it, and even things not necessarily going towards uh, strangers, but like, you know, when you have a youth event and you're trying to get teenagers that don't already go there and keep them away from parties and drugs and all that stuff and get them there, well, you got to pay for all that food and stuff well, somehow, so you're giving through the church, and what you're giving is the financial means for the church to touch lives
1: and, and, and let me just add this uh, to it because uh, so many times we really could think that God is uh, you know really Lord of our life but here's how you could tell if the Lord is Lord of your business first of all it's really his business he just has you managing it if you own a business is do you tie thou that business and then if you say well Jesus Christ is Lord of my life but you don't give Uh, He says, where your heart is, there will your treasure be. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be. And so you can tell a whole lot about your faith in God because uh, by by how you give. Now, let me just say this. The most sensitive nerve in the human body is the one that goes from the pocketbook to the heart. And uh, you can talk about anything and they'll shout you down, scream you down, praise, dance. But when you talk about money, if a person's heart's not right with God, they get very, very offended. But do you know that God talked more in the New Testament about money and talents than he talked about heaven or hell? Because he said this, it's the love of money that's the root, not money. Money's not bad. Matter of fact, if y'all watching and y'all got a bunch of money and you think it's evil, send it to <laughs> heart of worship, 2720 Highway East. So it's not money that's bad. It's our motive. And that that lends to this question, why do you give? I meant, what would stop you from giving, and why do you give? So if you give because it's to be seen or you give to control, God can't bless you in that area. And so a lot of times we have people here at our church that really, really give big. I've been told they give super big, and nobody in our church would know. And they don't try to control anything. That's how you know that their, their heart's right because they know God's going to bless them. If I took the money and balled it up and set it on fire, God's still going to bless them. Now, he's going to work on me. Mm. He's going to whip me, but he's going to bless their socks off. And they know that. That's called mature Christianity is what that's called. And so, you know, when you go somewhere and, uh, you know, you, you go somewhere, you always bring something with you. And the priest would always go to the temple but they always brought a sacrifice.
0: Absolutely, yes, sir. So moving on now. Uh hope everybody uh, hope that made some sense to some people if you weren't necessarily clear on tides. Uh, so now moving on and, and to being a part of a church body, being a part of this church organization. So you get here and you know, one thing that kind of that, that can throw some people off is they say, Yeah, I want to get here and I want to serve and then, you know, they tell what their talents are, they tell what their time is, and uh, I can tell you folks, as, as somebody in, in that, that's in charge of a whole ministry, um, you know, you want to you make it worthwhile for everybody, but sometimes, if you already got working parts that are there, you don't need to replace those parts, just have you a backup for that part, so, so let's say somebody comes in, they're all fired up, and they want to serve. And really, the only thing we need is somebody to brew coffee in the morning. Your job is to make coffee, keep the coffee full, keep the little Debbie snacks out, smile and greet people. Yeah. Easy job. And they're like, well, dude, no, I mean, I mean, I uh, I worked as an event coordinator for 10 years. I need to help uh, with seating arrangement. I need to help with booking uh, guest speakers and all that. And like, hey, that's great. We just... We already got that handled for the moment, but thank you and all that. So then people can be like, well, they don't care about me. They just had me over here making coffee. If I walked out right now, they wouldn't even notice. Ain't one person said hey to me, but I've said good morning to everybody coming through. So some people can get, you know, they can feel underappreciated. It's like you want people to serve, and then once you got them, it's all right, numbers are up, now on to the next, you know, and they forget. That's not the case. So how about you, uh, you know, kind of walk us through that uh what are some things to to keep in mind so that you know you don't get discouraged
1: well number one your motive if you have to be on this stage to serve then you're and i'm not saying those who are on the stage aren't serving christ so i want to be clear because there's that place as well but the only place for you to serve is to be seen if that's your philosophy or your ideology then you're missing the whole reason of serving. You're serving Jesus Christ. He said, let your light shine. So that means that you're, not to, to, you're, let, you're to let your light glow, not glare. You're, we're the candlestick, and He's the light. We're to let, not make it shine, but let it shine. So He's to shine through us, and our motive needs to be very clear. So that's the thing you ask yourself is, Why am I doing what I'm doing? Because if you're doing it for any other reason than Jesus Christ, when you get your feelings hurt, you're going to throw your sucker in the mud, you're going to quit. Well, you can't build a church or you can't build a ministry. You can't build a Christian that way. And so I want you to understand when you talked about coffee and Little Debbie's, I think the misconception of many people is if I'm not on the stage, that I'm not as important as someone who brews coffee. Well, ask everybody that about 815 at Howell Church, who's important. It ain't the pastor. It's the people who's making the coffee. And uh, I want to just be clear and take a little time with this, Landon, is that when you're talking about serving God, if God was leading me to serve coffee Mm -hmm. and I got up and preached, I would have to take a step down to become a preacher from lead uh, from, 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 putting coffee out
0: you'd have to leave your post
1: yeah yeah because God didn't call me to preach he he led me into that ministry of gifts and helps and service and so I always say it like this there's no big eyes and little U's at heart of worship there's no this is important and that's not important if you don't think your little pinky's important go ahead and hit that with a hammer and tell the rest of the members of the body that that little pinky's not important All the other members will say, you fool. It's very important. So serving, you have to serve Christ. And here's how you can know if you're serving Christ. This is a key point. Who has to quit to get you to to quit? You see, what I see today, Landon, this is very important. This is so important. Christ is confused today. God is the most confused God today than he's ever been before. Now, let me explain what I mean.
0: That's a pretty big statement.
1: It is, he's confused. Do you see God? God's quitting all kind of churches, running around, going to start in other churches and serve there. And then God gets mad. And he quits that church and he runs down to another church and he quits. And, mm. and all the other people follow that person. So you would think God's confused. One minute, God wants me here. Next minute, I'm going through a season. He wants me to change. No, you got your feelings hurt or you were doing it for the wrong motive. So I always say this. Who's got to quit to keep you or to get you to quit? And so if God's asked you to do something, you don't leave until he tells you to leave. If the whole church walks out, you stay at your post. He didn't tell you to leave. If you don't like something, keep serving. I don't like a lot of I don't like paying taxes. I don't know. Maybe you do. Mm So when it comes to serving, the key is this, why do I do, and then who am I doing it for? And you've got to keep your motive right, and you've got to keep the reasoning for what you're doing, and it's to serve God and let your light shine. I could speak so much on this, but I see so many people say, I just want to serve God. But I think what they want to do a lot of times is they just want to be with their friends, and the danger of that is when your friends quit, you quit. But but you don't you don't need to stop doing what you're doing and you can't say God's led you here for two months and then lead you there for two months and lead you there for another two months and lead God is not that confused. You may be, but God's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, folks, uh
0: how you open to that statement with God is confused today. Well, you know that that kind of threw me back because we didn't talk about that before. I'm like, "Wait, yeah. where are we going with this?" But that's that's an excellent, excellent point. Uh, I wanted to. He's touch all the on time
1: quitting. You know, you know how God just quits all the time. He just quits. He gets mad. He quits. Mm,
0: if I he don't like something,
1: he quits. The color of carpets. Not. I didn't get talked to. He quit. God just quitting churches all over the place, running around, starting new churches. <laughs> and it's all over the
0: carpet color here. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, touching up on that, I was just going to say, you know, God does open doors, and we can see when, when you know things line up and opportunities present itself that's adorable. door. Well, Satan can do the same thing. And a lot of times, you know, uh, somebody that you're really close with or maybe uh, just some family members or maybe even the person that invited you to the church in the first place decides to leave or yeah. whatever. And then... Uh, something cool happens down the road at another church, and, it, and that door opens. Well, maybe that's not God opening that door. Yeah. Maybe that's Satan saying, "Yeah, you see, you see, this one's better." I'm telling you, this one's better. Yeah. And you're probably walking into a church that has, and, and I'm not talking bad about anyone. I'm just saying hypothetically, you may be walking into a church that has no organizational skills, and you're just walking into a ticking time bomb of everyone quitting. Well, so.
1: well, let me let me springboard this because you didn't know I was going to talk about this either. Is that what church do you go to and what church do you belong to? Now, let me explain. Why do we join the church that we join? Here's what, here's what you'll hear. Well, my kids love it there. And that's awesome now. Don't get me wrong. Or, you know, there's some business people in there that's plumbers and, you know, lawyers and doctors and judges. And so if I can go there, then I can, what you call, network. So why, whatever happened to this? I was led by the Holy Spirit of God to be part of this local body. You don't hear that no more. That I just feel God has led me here. And I hope my kids like it. I hope my wife likes it. You know, we've talked about it. But more importantly, my husband likes it. More importantly, God's led me here. So, you know, if God leads you somewhere, you don't quit because you get upset. You don't quit. If it gets boring, God led you there to be part of a vital body to give input, to give service, to give increase to. So not only is it important what church you join and in, in how you do that should be led by the Spirit, but what do you do when you decide that the Spirit's leading you away from church or that church? Do you just quit? Does, does God just jump up and say, you know what? I'm not telling anybody anything. I'm just going to leave. I mean, I wouldn't want my thumb just to fall off of my hand one day. And I go, my God, how'd that happen? And the doctors couldn't tell me how my thumb, my thumb just decided to fall off. My leg just decided to fall off. And and you're a part of a body. So I, I really think we need to set down this issue a little bit is and just be real. People are bouncing around all over the place. And here's the sad part. I've been guilty. Hey, preachers, if you're listening to me, I've done it. I'm guilty. I apologize. I was wrong. But what we do is allow these members to bounce from one church to the next church and the next church. And we never even question, are you right with the pastor? Did you leave right from that church? We just want somebody. Hey, I know. I know I'm going to stay. We just want somebody who will tithe. Somebody who'll serve. We'll we'll accept anybody, anything. But I find out and I found out you cannot build church on hay, wood, and stubble. And nothing from nothing equals nothing. And so when you go and you think God's led you to be part of that body, that is the deciding factor. And then if you're going to leave, here's the way you leave. If God's leading you to go, you go see that pastor. And you sit down with that pastor. And you tell that pastor, God is leading me to leave because of. Now, it can't be because i got my feelings hurt. It can't be because I don't agree with what's going on. If that preacher is preaching the unadulterated word of God, if he's preaching it, uh, and there's nothing immoral or unethical about him, you, you just need to really pray and make sure the motive of your leaving is is that God is going to take you to the next level somewhere else, not that God has gotten mad and asked you to get mad and leave. Does that make sense? You know what rebellion is, huh? It's a cell in the body that's dysfunctional. That's what that's what cancer is. Oh, wow. Cancer is a cell that rebels. Yeah. Fun fact
0: of the day. There you <laughs> go. <laughs>
1: that's some heavy stuff and uh, i love our church we don't have problems in our church have we had problems uh, people come and go we always have people come and go that's just that's just the fact but it's how you come and how you go is what i'm talking about
0: yeah you know uh just to kind of add a real life example there um at uh the church i used to attend uh didn't leave for any reason nothing they did i just you know was offered a position here and took it and now this is my church home but uh, my still you know keeping contact. It was the first united methodist pineville and they had a woman one time uh, miss joe and she helped with i want to say worship she helped with something and i uh, wasn't on stage a lot or anything but she had visited another church with someone and saw that they were struggling and she knew how to do everything, and she uh, said she would volunteer and help. And then she said, "Yeah, I just feel like God wants me to go there because y'all have equipped me so well. I need to spread this on and help someone that's media is struggling or whatever it is she was helping with. And they were so happy about it that they held like a little church celebration during service. You know, they called her up. And didn't, you know, call her out and that, well, she's leaving, you know, (laughs) but no, it was. We're thankful. (laughs) But no, it was one of those, uh, you know, they said, we want to pray over her real quick and we just want to remind her that uh, she's always welcome back. And then they had her stand at the door, everybody hugged her neck as they were leaving. And so that's a good example of, you know, that's really being called to leave. When God's saying, I want you to leave because this church has loved you and given you what you need, now you got to do the same for, for these people. Yeah. Know? And uh, so getting back, uh, I want to go back real briefly and touch on um, being a part of the church, more of not necessarily being a leader, but being under a leader and being a part of one of the ministries, whether that be children's church clean up, tear down, however big or small your church is, there's different little aspects of it. Um, Great T.D. Jakes, the bishop T.D. Jakes, um, you know, that guy, he's got some real pearls of wisdom. And uh, one thing I saw one time at his massive church in Texas, Potter's House, uh, the, the whole crowd, congregation, they're looking at the stage, it's lit up, everything, pulpit's there, you don't see him. And then he's got a wireless on and he says, I'm not down there, I'm up here. And they put a spotlight up. He is sitting in the nosebleeders at the very top. And he yeah. says, I'm sitting up here because leadership doesn't start at the pulpit, it starts in the pews. Yeah. And he said, and if you're in the business world, leadership doesn't start in the in the uh, penthouse, leadership starts in the janitor's closet. So it starts at the bottom, and he says, and, and, and I want to say, th- th- this is a quote from T.D. Jakes, but what a, I want to direct this to the people that, uh have felt one called to join the church and two you know once they feel that god's calling them not just to attend and and be a part but also to help out and and do something for them guys td says that god works in steps okay works in steps and like what i was saying earlier you're in charge of making coffee you feel like you're bigger than coffee a lot of people do. They're like it's such a meaning meaningless job. Well, it says God works in steps. You master your job now, so that the door will open. And you know, and that's not just you know a cool quote to put on a bumper sticker. God really does work in steps. He created the earth in seven days, not mm-hmm. not a week, folks. But seriously, he 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 did the earth gradually in steps. You know, um, with with. Uh, the Bible, you notice it's not just one linear story. there's different um, well, accounts from the different disciples. Yeah you know. well, the
1: Bible says that you've been faithful over a few things, I'll make you ruler over many. And, and that goes right back to the leadership stuff, is most people want to start on top. They don't want to start on, on the bottom. And there is no bottom with God. There is no top with God, there's a start. And God's starting you here, as you spoke about. He's stepping you up. Why would he give you the keys to a Lamborghini when he can't trust you with a riding lawnmower? I mean, it just doesn't make sense. God doesn't do that. And God doesn't spoil us. We can throw a fit and say, God, I want to start up here. God says, when well, you get through doing your little temper, temper come tantrum, on, come on. I'm getting out. There we go. Then, you know, I'm still going to put you down here. So start you here.
0: Uh, last thing I wanted to bring up here for this episode, this one is uh, kind of a kind of a general thing, but just you know, I want you to really speak on this. To um, you know, maybe there's there's a member of a church watching this that, that who the church is kind of maybe going through some stuff. Again, this is not a hint towards anything. Maybe there's a, a evangelist out there watching this who's are like, man, we kind of got a bit of a mess here. Uh, one thing I, I typed out earlier to to ask you is, you know, so when things you know, when a church acts like a family, well, naturally, they're going to argue like a family. Yeah, yeah. What are some things to remember to to keep that from spilling over? What are some things to remember to, one, stay together, but more importantly than just stay together, stay on the same page, and not just, well, I'll stay, but. Yeah. And and before you answer, I just wanted to plug in there and say that, you know, when when those arguments and those things happen... It always goes back to the face. It always goes back to the leader. And, and a, a little statement I, I had thought of the other day that just kind of came to me was, you know, you can't follow somebody you don't know. And you may know of and you may have talked to, you may have met the person, but you can't really follow them unless you, unless you know them. And on the other side of that, you can't really lead someone unless you know them. Yeah. You know, or at least know what kind of person they are. Yeah. So uh and I just wanted to well I talk about I, yeah. you real quick. You've done a great job, I've noticed, of yeah. uh, you're a very transparent pastor. You yeah. you, you are open to people and, and, and you get that. So uh so please just, just kinda walk us through, you know, when there are those family like quarrels in the church, how to how do
1: you, you damage control that? You ready? All right. I love you, I'm sorry, and would you forgive me? And you said that you can't really lead or follow somebody you don't know, and that's so true, but watch this. If you know the Jesus I know, and he knows you, and I know the Jesus I know, and he knows me, I know how he thinks. I know how he works. He's a God of flow. He's a God of order. And so if I know this God, and you know this God, and we know the word of God, that's how God thinks. And God says it's not a chain of command. It's a line of responsibility. And, and it's not all cracked up. When you talk to leaders whose season, calling the shots is not all cracked up to be what everybody thinks it is. Like, he gets to call all the shots. That's a lot of responsibility that I'm going to stand before God and leaders are going to stand before God on. So when things start getting squirrely, You mentioned T.D. said he sits in the bleachers because that's where it starts. All right. The balcony. I want to say to you that if I belong to a church and I do and I was just a parishioner, I was just a member. I'm being honest with you now. Or if I was another staff member and I was not the pastor. If if we had someone that was contentious, that was stirring, that. Was causing a, a fall away, if you will. I would personally approach that person and try to talk reason into he or she. But what I wouldn't do is, I, I, you know, this is this is probably a subject that's probably real touchy to me. Is that usually the pastor's guilty before proven innocent? It enamors me how many times you can preach to parishioners, and I'm sure all the pastor, pastors would say many to this. You can preach to them for years and years and years, and you got someone who comes in and doubts the pastor and begins to cause uh, dissension, and the pastor has to prove that he's innocent, but these people that started it is never, on the, is never questioned. They're just believed. Oh, I didn't know the pastor that I was sitting under for 37 years was like that. I just met you three weeks ago, and you're a wonderful person. So you've got to call out those people. And I would say here's how you do it from the pulpit so that I, I don't really know what they expect from me to them, but what I have done is I have started, if we have an issue that's big, I try to protect the members, but I've learned to go public with it and put the truth out because then Satan has nowhere to run. But if I were a member, I would go to my pastor first and say, Listen, I'm trusting you with my kids and my wife's soul and my soul of leading me and navigating me. I want to know what happened. Would you please tell me what happened? And, and I think you keep dissension down or problems down by just saying i love you i'm sorry forgive me and morality has killed its thousands but i want to tell you what's killed its tens of thousands is false accusations misunderstandings mm-hmm. even in marriage marriage listen morality's killed its thousands but but misunderstandings has killed its tens of thousands and so just sit down and talk it and work it out Give your pastor a shot. I always tell my people to do that, and, and uh, our people are so good here at this church. I, I've talked to some people, and they, Pastor, we don't, we don't need no explanation from you. We, we love you. We trust you. We believe in you. Does that mean pastors are not going to make mistakes? Not this one. i made more mistakes than anybody, but we know the difference between trying to work things out and people who are unworkable. A lot of times we listen to people who can't even manage their own lives. I'm not being ugly. I'm just being real. Their lives are messed up, and we pray for them, and we love them, but then they come in with their pain and their hurt to churches instead of trying to embrace the love and the help that we have for them, hurting people hurt people, and then they get things stirred up. So I can honestly say at our church we've had our problems throughout the years, but, man, we've got an awesome church, and this is not a hinting session. Uh, for me to tell some parishioner who's listening to me that's coming here, y'all know I preach this stuff. I mean, I just deal with it. I don't sit and hint. I say, this is what we got. And so that's a hard area. Everything's different with it. But I would say, don't believe the story if you can't put the people together. I've had people say this, Landon, before the church I was pastoring at. Look, we don't want you to stay. Not at heart of worship. Let me Mm. not at heart of worship. Different church, different Different church. church. We're not going to stay whether they keep you or not. We just going to try to get you voted out. Now, did you just hear what I said? Oh, yeah, we're going to vote. We're trying to vote you out. But whether they vote you in or out, we're not staying. And you got people. Who will listen at these people? That's basically saying we could care less about God or this church and the destiny and the direction it's going we just won't take you out yeah and And they will side with those people above the person that's trying to lead them you know it always
0: seems like uh like they're just kind of waiting expecting on the preacher to do something because you've heard so many just over the over the centuries over the decades you know there's always been scandals and everything and so they're just waiting on a scandal. And then, you know, uh, that mentality of, well, we don't care. We just want to get rid of him. Well, in their mind, oh, it's justice. That's what God, but when we're doing the Lord's work. No, yeah. because if you really are a Christian, and, I'm, and, and I've had my fair share of issues with this one here, trust me, but if you really are a Christian, what you're supposed to do, I'm not saying if you don't do it, you're wrong, but what you're supposed to do is express love because
1: that's what jesus would do and, and sit down and talk it out work it out work it out i, I believe if you talk to people and you work it out and these people aren't like horrible or, or mad or, or horrible or evil people we preachers have made a mess of some things i have made so many mistakes in my ministry so this is not about trying to beat members up and saying everybody's so sorry or horrible and the preachers are so holy We've all just messed it up so much, and, um, but we've got a lot of good things right, too. You know there's a lot of good things and, and people outside see little squabbles in families, but you know uh, that's the way churches are, and you just you got to work through those things. you know When you put progress with people, it equals problems. So you just work things out and talk it out. and, and then after you get through talking it out, doesn't mean you have to listen, agree. But then God's that God of order and God of flow again, and God's got a way He wants to run His church, and this is way He's going to run His church, and this is way He's going to bless it or not bless it.
0: Absolutely, you know. So that uh, that pretty much sums that up. Just to kind of you know slap a lid on that. Just a personal opinion here. If I was looking for for a church, let's say I, I didn't go here. Let's say you know, and and I'm I'm shopping around, if right. you will, and I'm looking. I would rather join a church that has been through some stuff and people aren't, you know, not in detail, but aren't afraid to bring it up. And if i have like, this church has been through hell and back and they're still together, I would rather join that church than the church that everyone's nice, everything looks cool, and everything's perfect. Because if it looks perfect, that means, okay, it's about to, you know, it's about to turn and it's going to turn fast. What are they hiding? You know, not and they're probably not hiding anything. I'm just saying... I would rather join a church that's been through stuff and come out better than they were before than one that seemingly always looks perfect.
1: Well, and let me throw, let me slap another lid. <laughs> Use your term. Double not. lid. Double <laughs> lid. Double <laughs> lid. <laughs> we're gonna double lid them right here. Is that if you look at the early church, they went through some stuff, and if Jesus was called a liar, we don't stand a chance. If they put Paul in prison, I'm telling you, if you look at where Paul went. You wouldn't want him as a modern day pastor because he stayed in prison everywhere he went. Could you imagine saying, hey, we got Paul as our pastor. Yeah, what jail is he in this week? Mm. You know, we're so proud of Paul. Mm. for. Standing. So you're going to have problems. You're going to have difficulties. Jesus was pure. He was holy. He was God. And people forsake him, forsook him and accused him. And, and he just stayed focused. And what I want to say, the church, stay focused. Take the good, take the bad, work it out. You know, you don't leave your wife every time you got a problem. Don't leave the church every time you got a problem. If you got an unruly kid, love them, whip them, talk to them, <laughs> deal Impicis with Emphasis on move. number two yeah. there. Yeah. And just, just move on. At, you know, act like we got God in our lives. Yeah. yeah.
0: There we go. Act like you got <laughs> God in your life. <laughs> That's quote of the week right there. <laughs> yeah. Somebody print that out and make a T-shirt. I'll buy one. So, All right, Pastor, thank you so all much right, for brother. coming in this thank week. You, we and before you. we cut off, how about you look right there and tell everybody when, where, and how they can find us this well, Sunday.
1: Well, uh, we're at 2720 Highway 28 East, Pineville, Louisiana. You can come get fed here and go straight across the road and get you some Mickey D's or some Popeyes. And so you'll be the first one in line. How about that? We would love to have you at 9 a.m. and 1030. Listen, Billy Graham said this. If you're looking for a perfect church, don't join it because it will become imperfect because there are no perfect churches and there's no perfect people.
0: And that's coming right from the Graham master himself, (laughs) number one. Thank you, folks. Uh, We'll catch you next week. This is How Table Talk for Landon Wright and Pastor KD. Everyone have a blessed week. And, hey, come see us Sunday.